have whiplash. And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, wait a minute. It's welcome to the Glacier Musical Podcast and YouTube review. I've got too many words in my head. It is beer, metal, swearing. I, of course, am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, joined by my good friend and the man who always gives me cooking tips on what to do with my bones, Swedish Chef Chakas. How are we doing today, buddy? Bork, bork, bork. What's up? Uh, okay, that sounds great. I'm going to beer check. Trying to move this along. Oh, real quick. Uh, if you are new to the YouTube channel, thank you very much for tuning in. You are Awesome. You are princes and queens of Maine and the pharaohs of southern Nambia. Um, the way we do this here is we do a beer check, we do a vinyl check, we talk a little bit of news, then we get into the meat of the episode. If you don't want to hear the jibber-jabber chitter-chatter, skip forward about, uh, we're going to go a little shorter this week because I suck. So skip forward about 15 minutes. But uh, I'm going to try to timestamp these in the future. My beer this week is a High Beam IPA made by the Eldorado Brewing Company in Kansas. Mm. It is a little splody. Splody. Is that a word? Yep. So my pour <clears throat> Ooh, is that's... amateur hour. Shite. Yeah. And the mm. thing is, is whenever I get a new beer for the podcast, I uh, make sure I drink one before... I do one on the so that way in case it's splody, I know. Whenever Nick gets a new beer for the podcast, he skips through the parking lot, which shakes them up. He frolics through the park like Death Angel. <laughs> hey, I like new beers. I understand. How does that beer taste? It is delicious. What it's a little it non. It's a little unfiltered. Uh, when it calms down a bit, I will give a good look at it. It's got a wonderful copper color. Mm. Very bitter with a nice malt back to it. That's that's the kind of IPA I like is the malt back. But uh, we got short on time, so pitter-patter, let's get at her. Got my pitter-patter shirt on this week. Look oh. look at my shirt. I see it. I see it. It's very cool. It's a very happy-looking dog. Are you a, you're clearly a cat person, though. Uh, this is from Letterkenny. Okay, I have no idea. Oh. I've been watching Obi-Wan. I've been wa- I watched the brand-new Miss Marvel. Phenomenal. Also watch the Obi Wan today, Obi Wan episode four. As you as you're listening to this or watching, no you've probably seen all six. But right now, I have a fan boner for Obi Wan that is growing in size. They're only up to four out of six. They've only released yeah. the four, so uh, they did the first two in a four. row, and then three, and then four. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but it was phenomenal. Not, uh, I'm not going to say anything and more Ms. than... Marvel, also on Disney+, Plus, fantastic job. Very excited to see Miss Marvel. I, I am just not watching the, the MCU television shows. I've decided, okay. you know what, I you're just too, it's too many. Okay. Fair it's too many. Which beer check? You're missing out. I am drinking... I know I am, and I accept that. We can go through this very quickly. This is a beer I have had many times. Big Daddy IPA, brewed here in San Francisco. Speakeasy ales and lagers. Not that splody. Let's see if I... I got my glass. Let's see Ooh. how the pour goes. Let's not fuck it up. I got my St. Louis Cathedral Brewing Glass, which I think is defunct. Hmm. They only ever did Bombers, though, which is an interesting kind of brewery. Also, not that great a pour, but I'm a big fan Cheers, of this my friend. beer. Cheers, my buddy. We drink this all the time at the bars here, locally, to my neighborhood. Well, the next time I'm finally back out there again, I will make sure I get one of those. I'll buy you one, tell you what. Uh, unless you end up here in St. Louis, because who knows? The world I may, works well, I just started working for a new company that's based out of your town, so I'm bound to visit for you or them sooner or later. Well, there you go. Everybody wins. Uh, I don't have a vinyl check. We Breaking fourth wall, we actually recorded yesterday when there is extra time. Try to pack in the episodes to make sure we are not robbing anyone of the content. Speaking of breaking the fourth wall, Cameron is so tense that if you took a lump of coal and shoved it up his ass in three weeks, you would get a diamond. Me? That's Ferris Bueller. Anyway... Vinyl check. Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't watched Ferris Bueller in 25 years minimum. So vinyl check. Here's a vinyl good story check. I already gave you off air. I went to go see one of my favorite bands in death metal ever, right around the corner from my house, my favorite kind of gig, Suffocation, along with Surreption, who have a brand new album out as we record this this week, uh, and a few other awesome bands. 
And I went to the merch table, and they had vinyl. It's been weird. I haven't had a lot of vinyl at these shows I've been going to, surprisingly. And they had vinyl for all three bands. Surruption was selling their old album for 45 bucks, which seemed a little high for a single standard vinyl. A little high. A good A little band. high, but at, at a show, not Yeah, they had not to, They had to import it here or get it shipped. You know, maybe their label is here and sent it to them. I, I uh, was sensitive... To that i wanted to i wanted to support them i bought something else from them atheist is also on this bill they were the next to last band and atheist had two of their classics remastered on vinyl for 35 each on a color swirly vinyl and i was like mm, I really depends, want it, this. it depends upon the quantity of because if you do i've seen runs as low as 50 and when you do runs as low as 50, 35, 40, 45 is a reasonable price. I'm sure it was, Atheist is still on a pretty good label. I'm sure it was like, you know, out of 300 or something. But instead, I went over to Suffo's table and I didn't really like, they have some fun merch, but nothing really that grabbed me like a shirt or anything I wanted in my size that I felt comfortable buying. And then they had this guy, the new Suffocation Live album on double vinyl. Oh, I thought you didn't buy that. Well, I did. And that was what I was saying. Should I have bought The Atheist instead now just for oh. just for openers? I, I don't love live... I like live albums. Sometimes they're awesome. Sometimes they're not. This is probably the last album ever with Frank the Tank. Mom. Live albums. Foreshadowing. Yes, foreshadowing. So, live album. Autographed by the band. I think including Frank. Uh, I have to double check, but I think it's actually autographed by Frank. And they come on two vinyls, and I think it's, yes, it's a color swirly. So it is a high value. You know, it's got a beautiful, let's do this. 35 for a double, is that what you said? This is 45 for an autographed double gatefold. Oh, yeah, whatever they autograph. With the limited edition, um, this guy. It's not my bag, but it always tends to add a couple of bucks to the whole situation. Yeah, probably. This is like coffee color, coffee in black, right? That looks like my uh, Aodon record, except better. Yeah, so gorgeous, gorgeous design, beautiful inlay. And uh, yeah, I bought it. I, you know, I was like, I don't really actually have, I think I only have one Suffo on vinyl, which is the re-release of Peers from Within. I don't have any. I need to get some. And I definitely need a few others because uh, from Long Island, I have seen them many times. Love this band. Love, love, love. Dig and uh, second, at least first or second favorite death metal band along with Nile, who is a band that would be a good band to do a run on. Okay. No? No? Okay. I'll, you know what? It, it's it's worth it for me to give them the college try a second time. And they didn't get a good try out of you, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. The, the only fa- failing of that band, and I'll say no more, is they've had a hard time keeping a lineup together for more than a few albums in a row. And oh, the Flotsam and Jetsam situation. 20, 20 albums and like, you know, 19 different lineups. But all right, no, it's inaccurate. But cheers, I filled up my beer. That's a lot better. Just to get a better, beautiful look at that beer. I got a beer check. I got a vinyl check. Do you have any music news? Oh, the big news is... Um... It has been reported on that Kiss is lip syncing now. Officially, not just lip syncing though. Yeah, they are like borderline playing to tracks musically. Also, yeah, yeah. It, it uh, was the first time that anybody has reported on it. It came out this week. Uh, the Belgium, one of the shows in Belgium, uh, the track malfunctioned and they missed. It was a very bad one. Those of us in the KISS fandom have known for two years, three years that they've been lip syncing. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I wouldn't care over much if it weren't for things like Gene Simmons on stage at show, at award show saying, no tapes, don't use tapes. If somebody uses tapes, they need to put a warning on the ticket. Yeah. These guys are 70-something years old. By the way, it was uh, a singer who's also in his late 50s, right? Yeah. Uh, no, who, he's older than that. He might be 60. He's been around quite a, while, a long time. He's been uh, around uh, 30. He's been playing for 40 years. Yeah. For, so, like, seriously, professionally, for 40. So he's the one who actually messed up when the tape messed up. And if the drummer loses the plot, everyone does. Um, Ashley Simpson looking at you. In, yeah, well, whoa, you went right to the worst example of all time. Ended her career in music, air quotes. 
And that was a TV show. It should. That was unfair. Like television's a whole different animal. Like a live outdoor concert, television's a whole different animal. You are yeah. actually pre-recorded. That's on purpose. Uh, just like the Super Bowl, television cannot be live music. It cannot be. If a live broadcast around anywhere in the world cannot be. Anybody live. who's been to any club show ever and seen a guitar tech frantically trying to get a guitar to go out of a Marshall amplifier knows why that cannot happen. I don't think Metallica has ever been on SNL. I have to double check Metallica. They Nation. have. They, they have. played The Memory until, Remains. Oh, okay. yes. I was going to say either Marianne Until It Faithful. Sleeps or the, Mary, or the Memory Remains, one of those two. All right. Metallica mentioned out of the way. Music news kind of out of the way. I don't really have anything. There's a couple of interesting stories. Crow Mag suing each other. Um, Always t- a good time. Uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts. Very coming cool. to Los Angeles and Wembley, obviously a nod to Queen. I have a feeling Queen is going to perform with Foo Fighters at the Wembley one as a tribute to Taylor, who that used to cover. Cool. You know, very cool. And his wife made a statement for the first time since his passing. Uh, not yet two months since his passing, and um, oh yeah, it's it's two and a, two months and change. And uh, yeah. you know, just it's... kind of heartbreak. Thanking the fans, thanking the Foo Fighters band, thanking the world for sharing him. And, um, you know, just still very sad. But cool that we have some Foo Fighters, at least to look forward to mm-hmm. later in the year. They're going to do these concerts. I like. Well, and I expected them to continue in some fashion. You know, it's not like they need the money. It's not like they need the glory, but I figured that the love is still there, which is why well, Dave's still doing Grohl it. Well, doesn't have any. He's like, I'm not qualified to do anything else except music. And if you read his book, Be a Dad, in which he goes, you know, I'm not a dad, but you are. And you figure it out as you go. So, yeah. Uh, last bit of music news, and then I will shut up and we can get into Fireball Ministry, the final mm. episode. It's mm. a short run, three three episode run. Mm. which after some of the long slogs we've had recently, that's probably not a bad thing. But um, Kirk Hammett uh, has been quoted recently saying, Metallica told you that streaming was bad. With uh, we, we told you in 1999 that Napster was a bad thing, which has led to this. And the I don't know how well known it is, but the owners of Spotify started off with a little site called Pirate Bay, which was an illegal downloading site. So and and Daniel Eck worked for Napster, by the way. He was a programmer oh, at okay. Napster also before Pirate Bay. So like there, you know, a lot of times bootlegging leads to better booze. Some some music piracy doesn't help the bands, but it did lead to a revolution in the music world in in technology in the world. Um, you know, I will die on this hill. Lars was right. Not being a cop. Not chasing your fans with lawsuits, that's horrible. I don't love that at all. I don't agree with that at all. I dislike that. But he was right 100%. This this technology, this advancement, and the record labels all getting in bed and supplicating to this format damaged artists' ability to earn money forevermore. Like, it, it's never going to come back. Correct. It's worth noting that there was more to it than just that. There was yeah. a wonderful swirling nexus of things that ruined the music industry the fcc act of 1993 which bill clinton signed and i still want to punch him in the crotch every time i think There's of this, this bill he should not have signed, but uh, there was the rise of video games there was the rise of movie the, the re-rise of the blockbuster and now with all the streaming platforms you know uh american wages have been stagnant for 40 years and when more people are rummaging through the change jar, there's less change to go around. And once it became all of that being said, it was going to take a bite out of the music, out of the very bloated, corrupt, and awful music industry of 1995, 1996. But it became so much easier to get a copy of something rather than your buddy buying it. And that caused problems. And here we are. But... That's why that's one of the reasons why I love the vinyl check to show how we are supporting material support of music on a mostly weekly basis. Right on. And we buy, you know, again, we buy all these things either at stores from bands directly at shows, um, you know, order by mail, discogs, oh, yeah. this, this band camp, 
Um, you know, for me, it's band, it's Bandcamp, it's Discogs, it's Amazon, mm-hmm. it's local stores. Yeah. My Possessed came from Planet Score Records yesterday, brand new copy, the Indie Record Store Edition. You know, I go and I buy, I've got, I don't know how many records on this shelf that I got at shows. Right. Um, my uh, I may get it on the list, but I walk out giving them money. So. Yeah, somehow. My, uh, my special lady friend that I've alluded to a few times ha- asked me over text yesterday, would I buy anything ever again from Walmart for vinyl because they have an exclusive of a band she loves? And I said, buyer beware. Uh, that being said, I did get very successful and lucky with some of my purchases from Walmart. But as you know, I know no one wants to hear this shit again about my Sinjitsu triple vinyl twice being damaged, once irreparably, once good enough to keep, but still damaged and pissed me off. So I was you, like... yeah. It, it exactly the world is buyer beware mm-hmm. and that's why if in terms of mail order anyway uh mail order is a crapshoot to a point especially with amazon or walmart or target or you know i have gotten although i did get one record <clears throat> shipped to me for a vinyl review from the band formosa they literally put a record in an envelope mm. and it made it the, the, like, a man, the, like a manila envelope like a, yeah with a clasp a clasp yeah. and a tape over the yeah throat. it made it there were some creases in the sleeve but oh, fuck. the record made it i'm shocked i am shocked to be on shock break me out man did they not so, write anything on it like do not bend nothing i don't remember it was five years ago but you know check out formosa if you right. like high energy german german american inspired rock but we'll do pal we'll do um, All that being said, I am ready to to kick it large. Kick it, kick it, kick it. Large. No, kick it live. Sorry, we're at the garden. So you want the best, but they couldn't make it. Nick and Keith. Mm. All right. <laughs> oh, so that would be week, a really good intro for us, though. Come on. You um, wanted the best. You got the rest. Oh, no, hey, you wanted the best, but they couldn't make it. That's from Guns N' Roses' live album, by the way. Uh, you wanted the best, but they couldn't make it. So here's what you get. Guns N' Roses. Or uh, we could use the Ace Frehley uh, rendition from a solo tour. You wanted them. Here they are. Oh. Uh, Ace canceled his... Uh, he got the COVID. Got the Rona. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody got the Rona at Creatures Fest. Like, half of Creatures Fest got COVID. Features Fest, it will not die. I'm not talking um, about it. I'm not talking about I know. it. I'm here no, talking about Fireball Ministry today. Fireball Ministry, last episode. We have banged through this discography quickly. It's not that many records. We'll do a little post-mortem on their last record up to now. At the end, I promise it will be like literally three minutes. Um, so we get to we get through my favorite which we great record the the second great awakening from 2003 and then the follow-up record uh to that record which was i'm clicking through i should know these things by heart but i'm just slow and tired today sorry uh, their rock is not our rock uh very def- definitive title good record better than i remember Yes, uh, not second, as good as not as good as not as good as Second Great Awakening. Surely their peak. A few things happen. On, yeah, okay. A, sh- a few things happen on their way to the next release, which is interesting. So on their way, always to, happens. So they're not their rock is not our rock in two thousand five. And James starts doing production. The band tours extensively. Oh, I thought you were going to say cocaine. I mean, probably, but I don't know. I don't know that personally. Um, I'm but, just making jokes because I like Doctor Rock so. Yeah, I like cocaine. Exactly. What's the what's the the line from role models? You know what I used to eat for breakfast? Cocaine. You know what I used to eat for lunch? Cocaine. Dinner. Jeez. Cocaine. I have never seen that. I need to Jane, see that. Actually. Jane. Jane. Uh, what's her face? Jane, you are the weakest link. Um. Anywho, uh, you need to see. Maybe we need to watch role models as a watch thing and put that on YouTube and do that. Do a reaction video to just the whole movie. Okay. Um, we could do one of those. It'd be ridiculous enough. Yeah. Or I love you, man, which I love. Tremendously. Or strange fruit. Okay. I'm sorry. Strange. Still crazy. Still crazy. Oh, strange fruit is a great song by Billie Holiday. Yes. Um, uh, so, that's also the name of the band from Still Crazy. Right. So, we talked about on the last record 
uh, their rock is not our rock about how the band changed out their rhythm section for the first time and their drummer didn't had even been notice. there. Well, yeah, I did. Their drummer had been there from the beginning. Uh, very, I mean, Yale is a you know great drummer. Johnny Chow is a very good bass player, great personality, especially live. And um, again, they continue to kind of get placements. You know, in the '90s, it was the soundtrack. Uh, Soundtrack, the video game, the stuff but like but that. like now it's video. Really, like the last fifteen years, it's the video game or the TV show or the movie. But in the nineties, it was movies and soundtracks. And a lot of times, your song would be in the movie, but it wouldn't be in the soundtrack. And it wasn't a Shazam or a Spotify. The music wasn't as available, so you had to really hunt down what it was, where it was. Yeah, but case did... in point, that band we can't stop mentioning, Metallica was in the South Park soundtrack in the movie. Little boy, you're going to hell. However, was not on the soundtrack as they could not legally get not they could not get clearance, which is kind of funny because I'm sure a lot of people downloaded that record as despite them, um, and that's <laughs> the best one of the best tracks on that great musical album. Um, I would the include best. that in my musical chaser when we do that. I would put the South Park movie in there. Um, Weird. So they start doing production for records and they tour more, so it takes longer and longer between albums. You're starting to see that. So they go. A bit without, you know, 2005, and then the next record does not release the self-titled until 2010, but they had been writing it for a few years, and at that point, Yale leaves to go do something else, and they get their drummer back. Arishnik, um, I can't say this word, sorry. Sorry, John Arishnik, wherever you are. He's actually still in the band to this day, but he comes back in. And also at this time, James starts a side project with Jess Majera. We talked about BAM and Viva La BAM in the last mm -hmm. episode and the impact that Fireball Ministry got, the lift that they got from being not just in the show themselves, but their music being in the show. Well, then one more better uh, for poor English, Jess Majera of CKY and BAM's brother uh, starts a side project band at his house called The Company Band. You may not know this band, you may. They include James Rota from this band, Fireball Ministry, and a little old, probably unknown singer named Neil Fallon of Clutch. This is a pretty good, pretty good side project. Brad Davis is in this band eventually. He also was in Fireball Ministry for a spell, and he ends up, well, he was in Caius. A lot of Caius people go through the... <laughs> A lot of Caius people go through the Fireball Ministry crew. I just saw out of my peripheral vision into my screen... Um, a cat, like Nick cradling something. It surely can't be his daughter or wife. So who is that? Or who was that? Uh, that is Princess Leia. Okay, then. Or as I call her, Boo-Boo. All right, then. So what is all the yada yadaing about? Fireball Ministry takes a little time to get going on the road. Johnny Chow starts to tour with Cavalier Conspiracy and ends up getting pinched to go to uh, Stone Sour, to which he is in to this day. Which is always the way. I mean, you go get the money, man. People don't get paid. But Johnny Chow is on the 2010 Fireball Ministry self-title record that we're going to talk about today, uh, mostly. And uh, I'm going to say that my memory of this wasn't as good as the record. This is actually a pretty damn good record. And I uh, maybe I, sl I slept on it a little, but um, it's actually pretty, pretty, pretty solid. I... I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say in terms of track by track on this one. Mm. I listened to it in several portions. I, I can describe it this way, and I'm sorry if it if it, it might sound a little cop outish, but one, I would say the vocals are a lot better. Well, the, yeah, that's there. Here's an observation for you. Tell me if you agree with this. On the second Great Awakening, I praised on high James's vocals. On the last record, Their Rock Is Not Our Rock, he went back to a little more grittier, less clean vocals throughout the record. And now on this record, he seems to be back to the clean vocals again with a little bit of grit occasionally. Yes, yes. It's it's like Ozzy with a bit of grit. And then there's that weird dance part of the record, which I don't completely understand. It was so incongruous that I was wondering if I was listening to a YouTube commercial that I didn't skip. Uh, mm -hmm. Not bad by any stretch, but it, it just made for an odd portion of the record but on this one like in the last couple albums you discussed large you went over the guitars and you gushed over the guitars and i missed all of that i don't know 
how we heard such very different things. That is not me bagging on anything. It is just me not hearing what you heard. On this record, everything you have said on the previous episodes about the guitar playing, the amazing solos, the riffs, the Sabbath worship. And then I'm going to throw in, there's also some amazing arpeggios as well. Some great arpeggio songs. A lot of strong power chordy stoner rock, but not the kind of like kind of stoner rock, like like the the clutchy like sleep or yob. It's right. It's, like, it's, it's again Firebone Ministry. If I name check two other bands a lot in this series, it's going to be Corrosion Conformity, Pepper Keenan Error. Mm-hmm. And Monster Magnet are very good, yeah. con- equal contemporaries. You could also say Clutch to a lesser extent. Clutch I would say a, a mellower High on Fire. Mm. Uh, if you gave High on Fire a couple of more bong hits, <laughs> they would get down to this level where they're not so angry. Yeah, High on Fire is almost too metal for a Fireboard Ministry. Way too heavy. But definitely yeah, the right really. vibe. The right vibe. And there's other bands, Sasquatch. Uh, Nebula. There are other bands. A little oh, bit of cable. I mean, cable. Yeah. There's uh, some Galactic Cowboys in this band. I would say. Yeah, for sure. I. Uh, yeah. There's not a. a, not, a, not, a there's not a. Some groove. There's a large element of the groove to it where it's not. They're not letting the chords ring. Which is the, what the hallmark, the trademark of what stoner and doom metal have become. So we are on, you know, we're still on the vanguard of the revival of doom and stoner metal here, which is what's so amazing. There's also a lot of great solos this time around that really, I mean, that really classic kind of clean on the neck pickup sound that, you know, that ballady sound and loved it. I, I loved this record top to bottom. All right. That's, I'm, I was not expecting that. Um and it's available for, oh my God, Frodo just fell. Did land on his feet? No. And now the cats are surrounding him. Oh, fuck. Do you need to take a minute? Oh, God, Frodo. You all right? Frodo! You don't look too good, man. Go. You want to take a minute? I'll pause. No. No, I'm just going to let Frodo be eaten by the spider. <laughs> what? It just stung. I it just okay. stung. Uh, yeah, so I, I absolutely love this record, and it is available for fifteen dollars. It's begging you to buy it. There's not that many left. Begging? Um, no, it, it it is it is not begging. It is looking me in the face, grabbing me by the tie, and say, "What? What more do you need?" The album cover was drawn by Kat Von D. If you like sketchy people who are good artists, and um, but you know what? I like the dude that worked for her that ended up on Ink Master. Okay. Uh, my friend got a tattoo on Ink Master, actually. Um, really? Yeah, she's a music publicist and occasional writer for Ghost Cult, and she has very the, cool. She has the uh, what's the Rolling Stones album with the cake? Let it bleed. Yay, maybe. She has that I'm album not a big Stones tattooed on her. My uh, my, I don't know who it was, but my wife got a tattoo, uh, a kanji on her neck hmm. from a very famous on her uh, neck, on the back of her neck. Okay. From a very famous uh, artist in New York. She had to actually talk the artist into it. Interesting. <clears throat> the artist didn't want to do it. It's like, no, that's not that's not enough. Not enough for my level. Mm. All right then. Uh, but my my again, my wife is an attorney, so mm. good luck fighting that. She's a good negotiator. Let's just quickly we don't have to do the whole track by track, but I'm just gonna call out some good tracks. Uh the opener is a good track, hard lines, tight, really good, upbeat. For, like, hey, we're back after five years. Raw. I love it. The riffage and the tone. I mean, it, it, it's tone cannot be understated, it, when, especially when it comes to metal, because metal has three kinds of tone shitty, mm. 5150, mm. but that everyone is doing now. 5150 through a tube screamer. That is 98% of all metal right there. I'm sorry, it's true. Uh, you you can be everyone else if you get those two things, uh, or three. Wow, you did something cool. Hmm. Good story. Uh, three Sorry. of the other no, you're good. Three of the other best tracks on the album 
are Kickback, End of Story, and Fallen Believers. Fallen Believers is probably the best track on here total in total. All three of those songs appeared in the first couple of seasons of Sons of Anarchy in like the biker gang at their hangout hideout scenes. So Very like cool. really like on brand for the show and the band. Um dudes getting and, messed up listening to tunes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And um um in their own right is a very good closer uh butcher faker policymaker is trying to be cutesy it's better music than lyrics that's but, bad uh, it's pretty bad i know what they're going with that no one's going to get that reference who listened to this band in 2010 just saying but overall that's like me and my mispronunciations it's a y'all you know, me too it's a pretty pretty damn good record um it really is i mean this it's it's another the only complaint I have about this one, aside from the, the danciness of the, uh, the the soft underbelly of side one, mm. it's a little samey. I think you're talking about followed by a fall, which is squiffy. But it, it's a little samey, but it's a good kind of samey. Right. They also did kind of, I think everybody was kind of doing this at this point. They added, let's bring in an organ and keyboard player and mess around on a couple of tracks. And I think it was, it works in spaces, but it's not something I want from this band. You know, I love the Beastie Boys in an unnatural way. But the moment the Beastie Boys brought in the Hammond organ, Mm. which worked amazing on Check Your Head. Dude. Spectacular on Ill Communication. But there's a reason why they retired it in 1994. Because the next thing you know is you're going to be living in the Hammond organ, watching those little speakers go round and round. The whirly. Yeah, the oh, the Leslie speakers. You're going to be watching those Leslie cabinets, which they did an amazing video of in the video for Gratitude. But you know what? It, it's such a great sound that if you if you it, it's you, it, it's like man, you can't you can't live there, but you're going to want to. Right on. Um, and then just to kind of sum it up, because we can move right into that phase. Um, you know, the band continues to grow. They get on some pretty good tours, but they start getting very busy, especially James becomes a very in-demand producer. A lot of times working at Studio 606 with Rascal Edits, who produced their first couple of things. He becomes a go-to engineer and producer in his own right, and you can look him up on Discogs. So The production on these records, it is beyond reproach. Yeah, who produced this was produced by the band and Andrew Andrew Alakel, who I don't doesn't ring a bell to me. Um and I guess, you know, at this point they're firmly in LA as a band. And they they kind of fade for a while. They disappear for a little while. And I know Johnny ended up permanently in Stone Sour, and why wouldn't you be there on hiatus now? But they were one of the biggest bands in the world for a hot minute. Not um, a fan, but yeah. Yep. And they come back for some touring and a new album in 2017, Remember the Story, which features the first kind of acoustic jam by the band. Don't uh, need that. Sorry. Huh? I don't need that. Yeah, I know. It's good. It's a good song, though. I don't doubt it. Uh, it's a pretty good record. You can check it out. It's also like $20 on Bandcamp. I don't know why. Um, the, their Bandcamp pricing is so strange. Yeah, Helen Storer comes back into the band for a tour. So um, Johnny leaves, and they go through a series of bassists, and they land on another Caius bassist after Brad Davis early in the days, Scott Reeder, not to be confused with the drummer of the same name, but Scott Reeder, the bassist you might know. Oh, I thought the... you were going to say American Terror, Scott Reeder. No. Scott Reeder. Sorry, that happened in Missouri. Okay. Scott Reader. Reader. You might know from some kind of monster audition for Metallica. He was from Caius and the Obsessed. You know what? There's only one good thing about that movie. And it was the bass auditions. I guess. I I did watch I watched that section of that movie. That's it. Uh, He apparently also auditioned to be in Tool. And he got beat out by Justin Chancellor. Very surprising. Uh, Ace Fraley's not current, but previous bass player, Chris Wise, tried out. Mm, I love Chris Wise, yeah. Uh, Twiggy Ramirez tried out. Let's not talk about him. Okay. I don't know what he did, but apparently it was bad. Moving on. Pepper Keenan. Uh, if I let if I let James's buddy come in the band, it's gonna create a power problem <laughs> for you. 
That guy can actually write awesome songs. You should have got that guy in. Um, I know Pete, I know a guy who hates Robert Trujillo. Let's not talk about it right now. But anyway. What? Yeah, he thinks he brings nothing to the band at all. And it was a mistake to get him. Okay, what that dude needs to do is listen to St. Anger and then no, watch the D- and then watch the DVD from St. Anger. Yeah, yeah, he hates it. Uh, one of them hates- is unlistenable and one of them is amazing. He hates that guy. He thinks he can't do backup vocals. He can't. And- okay, and f- you know, that that's actually a, a pretty fair complaint. Anywho, remember the story is the fifth and currently last most recent Fireball Ministry album, and it is almost Bring it back, five kids. years old. So go check that out on your time, not our time. And, um, you know, I've appreciated that we did this run. If you just count the records we did listen to, three full lengths and an EP, you got a C, an A, a B plus, and a B. I mean, that's a pretty good run for you know, I'm going to call. Band. I'm going to call the self-titled in May. Okay, then. I no, I am buying this on Friday. It's yeah. As soon as I figure out some things uh, in July, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy this gonna one buy and then hopefully buy uh, the Second Great Awakening in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that one right. is. A... They're running out of copies if you look carefully on their band. I know they are. They're down to thirty-four as as of this recording. However, it is still over forty dollars shipped. And yeah, that's it's not that's a un- big number. Not that big a number, but it's. It's bigger than I'm, I'm. I grew up poor. All right then. So I, I see these numbers, and then I remember that time my wife said, "You paid thirty dollars for this record." It was Faith No More. No shit. That's what I remember. But in fairness, it was <clears throat> Introduce Yourself, and that's worth thirty bucks every day of the week. That's fair. Um, I don't have much more to add except that I'm really glad we did this series and I appreciate you humoring my ministrations to make these things happen sometimes. And uh, I really love this band and more people should listen to them, but they just never got a, you know, much like my King's X, my beloved King's X. They got, they have diehard fans, but they don't get, there's a ceiling they can't punch through. There, and you know what? There Actually, I saw a conversation online today about Y&T being in that same vicinity. However, my issue with Y&T is mostly the songs they played rather than anything else. I never uh, thought they were that great, honestly. I, I, I agree, but I mean, when you're looking at like 60-year-old dudes talking about hair metal and how X should have been a hit and Y should have been a hit and everybody's stupid, eh, whatever. But there are a lot of great bands in this world in great artists that and and I have as I have mentioned many times James Legg, Left Lane Cruiser, these are two artists to me that should be on Saturday Night Live, should be monumental hits, but I can also look at them logically and see why they're never going to rise past the small club level. There's just not a broad enough appeal. As for this band, I don't know why they're not as big as Clutch. I mean, I know Clutch has gotten a certain level of popularity. They never stop touring. So that's the problem with this band. Inconsistent, like five years between a record and then seven years between a record will kill your career, straight up. No matter never, how much, uh, I mean, making, produ- producing records, especially at a higher level of bands, because like I'm talking about, he's producing like pretty damn good bands. And I think he worked on a Foo Fighters record as a second to Nick. So that's a lot of wow. money. Uh, as an engineer, you might cop six figures on that record you might not punch six figures in two years of non-stop touring as this band so well, i mean uh, what you are you consider, gonna do you know what you know what level of club are they playing are they playing thousand seaters they playing thousand seaters no, like, let's assume let's assume 500 at max the 500 bar okay let's call it 500 probably pulling in 350 and maybe that's being nice so 350 if you're pulling in 20 bucks a ticket you're looking at seven thousand dollars in tickets sold so seven thousand dollars is going to be your your guarantee because what the guarantee for the band is the, the promoters don't make their money on tickets they make their money on beer especially in the clubs so if you're pulling in 350 at 20 bucks which is probably probably about the right number you're looking at seven thousand dollars if you play three shows a week that's twenty one thousand dollars now you've got expenses because you know this shit ain't free you know, the, the the promoters are not buying your strings. They're not paying for your gas. And we might be being a bit romantic on the $7,000 figure. And then on top of that, when are they doing a 200-date three-year tour? Probably not. 
So you're probably at one time netting... they toured a lot and they they stopped playing out much. He was busy producing records. They didn't tour as much. They might. I'll be honest. If you've got like MTV residuals, I don't know how residuals work for TV. It might be pretty good money. Maybe they don't need the money. Maybe everybody that played on those records has some money. Johnny Chow, even though they're on hiatus and probably not coming back for a long time, Stone Sour had four or five platinum records in a row and a gold double record. So, like, he's not doing bad with money. Um, unless he, you know, snorted it all. And then... The but if you those... assume 7000 a show, you're probably pocketing 1500 for the band. Four, do- four ways. Four, and split four ways. So now you're making $900 a week, which, honestly, that's not a bad salary for your regular no, person. No, for most people. For most people. To do what How- they love. But... However, there's a lot of howevers there. You're not going to make that every year. You're not going to make that every week. I had heard tale that Glenn Danzig, Glenn, Danzig, Glenn Benton of Deicide made $25,000 a year in Deicide. Album tour, $50,000. And he knew he couldn't do one every other, every year. So he did one every other year. So that's probably, and that's Deicide. That is the second biggest death metal band of all time. In terms of albums sold, they're number two. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, if you think about that, that's why he was a mechanic when they weren't touring. Probably Mm -hmm. still is. Theoretically, a damn good one. I don't know. Uh, Get it? Get it? A damned good one? Uh, A long time ago, here's a fun fact. I interviewed uh, Zetro from Exodus. Not in a long time. And my recent Exodus interview that you can see at Ghost Cult is with Jackie Gibson. Uh, Jack Gibson. Um... Zetro is a Union HVAC guy, and he's not only a Union HVAC guy, he's a veteran uh, foreman on big jobs, office buildings and homes, etc. So his whole strategy is when Exodus doesn't tour, he's in Union work overseeing huge job sites and stuff. So he's got health care, permanent salary, retirement money, all kinds of accident insurance, all kinds of things. And both his sons, who have the band Hatriot, Nick and Cody, and they have a new record coming out, those guys are also in the same union, not quite at the same level as dear old Dan. So really when, smart, I interviewed, when I interviewed Snafu at Fubar years ago, mm. the singer who had the worst dreadlocks I've ever seen, uh, he was growing them. They, weren't, they were like halfway there. He was a white dude, so... White dude dreadlocks, when they're halfway there, not not good. But the way he described it was he worked in customer service to pay the bills. And while they're on tour, they were able to transfer his calls to his cell phone. That's smart. So he is working a day job on tour. And Alexi Laiho had a day job. God rest him. Rest in RIP as it were. And it's that is one of the reasons why I think, and I think we're going to meander. We got a little bit of time to meander if you don't mind. Uh, although, I, let me just final thought on Fireball Ministry. Oh my God. Thank you. Amazing. This is a band I did not know and I am glad to know. You know, I care about you very deeply. You are a really hard person to read sometimes with your emotions. I definitely had the feeling you were not enjoying this run until you told me you were. Um, but I do care about you, and I I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. But also, uh, like, not we being don't, able we don't... to read, not being able to read my emotions is my defense mechanism. No so. shit. All right then. But you, uh, yeah. you can tell <laughs> when I am comfortable with somebody because you can read my emotions, and we can read them ever. If you can ever read them, you know I'm comfortable. That's fair. If you don't um, know what I'm thinking, I'm still feeling this situation. You are like a Sherpa sometimes. You would be really tough to play poker with because I have a feeling you'd just be like... Oh, let me, hang on. Hang mugshot. On. Hang on. Get a reaction out of me. Yeah. Not going to be able to. Try one. I can't. Um, no, that's I, that's the dead eyes. I can, yeah. I can turn them off. Um, that's that's my childhood trauma you're welcome but you know one of the reasons why i think metal fans are so passionate is because we are very much informed we we understand that when we see a band at the club down the street 
across town. We know that they are not doing this because they're going to make money. I have seen Carcass two times. They might have had 3,000 people between those two shows. This is motherfucking Carcass. These are the guys that wrote Heartwork. And if you can listen to Heartwork and not go, oh my God, you you hate metal. I mean, these guys were on MTV, on Beavis and Butthead, and they are one of the founding fathers of a, a subgenre of metal. And their comeback couple. record is better than anybody else's death metal record in ages. Still, heard a couple tracks off that today. Torn not the, not, yeah, the Torn Arteries is good, but I'm still talking about Surgical Steel. Oh, Surgical from Steel. 2014. That is, okay, that is like hard work minus point two. Yeah, that's fair. Hard work is probably my favorite death metal record. And yeah, I it's right it. there. But I don't have it on. When I say I don't have it, I mean I don't have it on vinyl. But do you do you know what my favorite death metal record is ever? Is it Cause of Death? It is not. That's a Ooh. good one though. No, go ahead. It is Black Seeds of Vengeance by Nile, mm. followed by Pierce from Within by Suffo. Again, a very close one two, and they flip flop every year. You're 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 gonna. You know what we need to do? We need to do a suffocation and revocation. Ha! Huh? Head to head. No, he, that's not fair. And I love Revo. I love Dave. Dave's one of my favorite interviews ever. I love them because they're so little. They're so little and so big at the same time. And then they play Steinberger guitars, which are tiny little guitars. I yeah. Mean, I saw stuff. them with uh, Cannibal Corpse and Obituary and Cryptopsy. That was a hell. That was a night. That sounds uh, like a, I love you. Cryptopsy, boy. Uh, That's a band we also could do a run on. Although the oh yeah, Lord Cryptopsy. Worm. You know, Cryptopsy definitely. Or uh, we're gonna we're gonna meander there. Let's, let's. I'm gonna go back to the point because I don't think I finished it. Yeah, make your point, and then we can wrap uh, up. I, I think metal fans are exceedingly passionate because we understand that they're not gonna. You know, Metallica, Iron Maiden. To call them anomaly, they're an anomaly of an anomaly. There's never going to be another Metallica. There's no beginning. I mean, you know, it's like it's like in in Shaft when when uh, the Coke dealer goes, "I go like this," and somebody dies ten blocks away. That's Metallica, and that is like it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I you know name another bodybuilder. That became a bona fide movie star. No, you, you can't. There's no others. Name another extreme metal band because Metallica was an extreme band that made it to not just the top, but I'm at the top of everything. So when we fall in love with one of these bands, I mean, we we just go to the mat for them. That is why, for ten years, I have done something to push metal. Ten years of my life hmm. and in case you're wondering i have been paid about 60 bucks and you know what totally worth it hmm. i didn't even need the 60 bucks really sorry that just got to thinking there you go there you go um yeah man uh good times do we want to share the next band following our yes actually i i would like to discuss that a little bit uh before hitting the record button keefe and i discussed uh discussed upcoming series because as we do and if you've listened this far thank you comment like subscribe send a handy dutch rudders whatever uh thank you for listening i appreciate that but we 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 do a series. We do a chaser. I, we I don't know that we have a hundred percent decided on the chaser. Hoping for live albums. Fingers are crossed. All right, so we're gonna do live album chaser. I got a nod. That that's contractually obligation. Contractual. It's the contractual obligation chaser. And then the next series. I'm gonna first. I'm gonna throw out what was rejected by Mean Mr. Keefe. Well, we might do them in the future. I don't know if we want to so- soil ourselves. I'm not soiling. I'm just saying what were the ideas I came up with at first were Roger Waters or Dio. And there is no question that we're going to circle back to both of these. 
But one of the things about this, and, and what Keithy pointed out was, those are going to be really easy. Really easy. Because that's a lot of nut hugging and dick riding and high five. And I am here for all of it. I'm right through dis- the screen. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for those records. However, we have just, we have agreed to, and I was, and I have been lording this one over Keefe for the entire run of this show. Since we met. Since we met. And so our next major series is going to be the greatest band that lived above the whiskey in 1981 the for six or seven months. The only band. And look, I'm trying to narrow it down. The band with the biggest dongs in glam rock history. You know what? I'm going to bring that up here. The band to... with the worst singer in glam rock history. The band with their, uh, not just a Netflix movie, but a Hulu miniseries about the dong of the drummer and the trouble yep. it causes. And that, of course, is Motley Crue. Wanna! And I, uh, this will be the last thing I say. I'm going to let Keepy take us home. Again? I thought it was your turn. Is it my turn? Okay. This will be the last thing I say, and then Keepy's going to say the last thing, then I'll take us home. Whatever. As long as, as long as we get home, everybody's safe. It's fine. Um, you know, my wife was not a big fan of the first episode of the Pam and Tommy series. And I can understand her reasoning, very logical, very passionate. We are very much involved in women's issues and women's violence issues and domestic violence issues. And there was some questioning squiffy business. However, I did want to finish it. So she was out of town. So I watched episode two and then Tommy is talking to his dick and his dick is talking back. And I went, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. That's when the series got good for me is that moment. Uh, you know what? Uh, any final thoughts this week? You know, I don't know. I, that says a lot about you that I don't want to unpack today. Be a good person. Be good to yourself. Forgive yourself, to quote James Hatfield. And, Agreed. Uh, forgive yourself. And uh, do a kindness for someone else this week for no reason except that it's cool to do a kindness for someone else. And you know what? I'm. I'm if, are, were you done? I'm sorry. I am done. Thanks for listening to right. the Fresh Air on NPR. Fresh Air Metal with Nikki. Uh, uh, in, in my industry, we weld metal and I smell it all day. And sometimes I smell it for the rest of the day because it gets stuck in my mucus because I've got bad allergies. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to to pad this episode out a little bit. Uh, you know, as, as Keithy said, do something nice for somebody else. I'm going to piggyback on that and say, do something nice for somebody else. Don't tell them Jesus blessed you. Don't tell them God loves you. Just do something nice for somebody else because they are another human being on this earth and everyone deserves a kind gesture and if i could be very serious for a moment someone on everyone listening someone on this earth loves you deeply and that is plenty of reason for you to love yourself it's very deep thank you and with that it is the glacier musical podcast it does not play in peoria home of the president's cup champions for 2020 We doing this or what? We all night?